Welcome to episode 30 of Your Town Crime. This week we travel to Bowling Green, Kentucky. I talk about the history of Bowling Green and Shannon brings us a true crime with a jealous ex-boyfriend. Please go visit podbelly.com if you want to learn how to make a podcast. And we'd like to thank podbean.com for getting our podcast out to you guys. Enjoy the show. Hey Shannon, how's it going? <laughs> hey Jason, it's good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. 30 episodes in and we still don't know how to start the show without <laughs> being awkward. I know, it's so weird because we're just sitting here talking like normal and then yeah. we hit record and it's like, oh yeah, hey. Hey, how are you? I just You just walked in here <laughs> and sat down. Well, welcome everyone. It's our 30th episode. I guess we should celebrate. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 30 episodes in and I think we've got some new listeners. We, we do. We finally tried, started promoting our podcast a little bit. So uh, you might have seen us on some uh, Facebook groups out in Facebook world. And uh, if, you, if you're brand new and you, you found us through one of those posts, I appreciate you all coming and, and giving us a, sh- a try. Giving us a shot is where I was going to say it first. <laughs> uh, we, do, uh, we do talk a little bit, but hopefully you learn a little bit about the history and a little bit about the true crime. It's a little bit different. Uh, podcast uh, we kind of mix mix some things up and we're different than other true crime podcasts but we all can't be the same right we all gotta somebody's gotta be weird so <laughs> it might as well be it us. might as well be us all right so uh what we do if you are new if this is your first episode we have a map up on the wall up on a cork board and we throw an actual dart at the united states map and that's whatever town it gets closest to we investigate that town. We we learn about the history. We learn about the town, what's there now, what we can do, fun. Uh, we also learn about a true crime in that town or in that area uh, surrounding that town. So mm-hmm. that's who we are. Your town crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe next week the dart will land on your town. Uh-oh. Get it? Your town <laughs> crime. All right. So this week we're in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green. Yeah. The one place that I've been. You've been. <laughs> I have been and I've got. Or uh, gone through. I mean, I've not through. stopped there. Yeah, I spent several days there. I don't know how long I was there. I can't remember. It was two years ago when I was at a training and I was there for at least three days. Uh, maybe five. It might have been a whole week. I can't remember. But it was two years ago and spent spent the week there in the training and. and uh Ate at some local restaurants there, worked out while I was there to, to work out any time or something like that oh. in a strip mall. It was cool. And uh, and then visited some other places that we'll talk about soon. So, yeah, I, I remember Bowling Green well. I just don't remember how long I was there. <laughs> so, But, yeah, it's not far from us either. It was uh, maybe three-hour drive, four hours, I guess. It's north of uh, Nashville, and we're in East Tennessee, so it takes a little while to get over there, but it's not a bad drive. It's mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty nice drive. And I remember coming back, I drove through the country. I didn't take 65 down to Nashville and over. I kind of drove, drove some back roads, so it was mm. nice. That was cool. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Shannon, you having a good week? I'm having a great week, Jason. How how's your week been? It's it's going pretty good. We had Labor Day weekend this weekend. Uh, me and my my son, my oldest son, went camping for one night. Oh, and that was fun. Yeah. That is cool. Where'd you go camping? We went to uh, if you to Cherokee National Park, uh, North River Campground. Okay. It's a little off off the main the main road off the uh, river road up there on Teleco River, uh, but we were up on North River and. Now, a, when you say you camped, is this a tent or yes, it's okay? Right it's you. an actual. It's, it's right. It's, oh, it it's hanging up right behind <laughs> you. We, it rained all night long. We only went one night. Uh, my son's five, uh, so we're just kind of getting into camping now. And uh, so there was a big trip for him, and it rained all night on our tent. So I still got it hanging up in the basement. Uh, I mean, in our studio, <laughs> which is in the basement. Yeah. So it's uh, it was for real. We slept in a tent and. Okay, did, did, he, a, did he do okay? Oh, yeah, he had he had a blast. Oh. So we, we cooked over the fire. We did all that kind of stuff. So. Okay, that is fun. Ron wants to do that. I want to. I just don't know if I could really rough it, it's if not, I could be honest. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. There's uh, there's bathrooms there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's outhouses there, fancy outhouse. So, I mean, it's not, there's a, somewhere to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a nice river right by it. It's not too far from civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but we took water. Uh, we took water, took food, mm-hmm. cooked. It, w- it w- wasn't bad. You're not too far away from town. Yeah. So. I just, you know, sleeping in the woods. It wasn't, you know, I, I don't know. I've been there and I've camped in that campground. That's a, a Labor Day tradition for us is to go to go up there, our family. Uh, since I was a kid, I camped there with my grandparents. Oh. So we kind of carried it on this year. Um, COVID coming back up, we, we, the, the whole family didn't come there like we, like we usually do. Uh, but me and my, me and my son went, so, but yeah, it's not roughing it too bad. We had an air mattress in the tent, mm-hmm. which was a lot nicer for my son. I, I got the, the cheaper, thinner <laughs> air mattress <laughs> and, uh, I'm a big boy and, uh, the mattress did not hold me up. I felt the ground and my bottom and uh, <laughs> and felt it all night. Every time I moved, my son was just bopping up and down. <laughs> he was way off the ground. <laughs> he didn't he didn't have to worry about it. So uh, it wasn't the best mattress. I'm gonna I'll probably uh, invest in a uh, a thicker air mattress for the next trip. Yeah, or and like I, one of those cot things. You yeah, know I, do, about? I That's do have off a cot. Yeah, I do have a cot. So maybe I'll just take the cot. I don't know. Yeah, but uh. I'm getting a little older. My back just doesn't. My back just doesn't uh, handle it as well as it used to. I mean, I can tough it out, and I pretty much did. Uh, I probably would have been more comfortable on the hard ground than I was on that oh, no. that air mattress. So, <laughs> but anyway, we had a good time. What well, y'all? That sounds fun. What y'all do? Um, we cleaned. Oh, fine. <laughs> and we did stuff around the house because we had COVID, you know, before, right. and so I have not done any cleaning. We haven't done any yard work. Everything was a mess, so we took the yeah. off time to just spend time together and, good. you know, get good, the house situated. Good long weekend. Did you, uh, you still got the pool up or? Yes. It, we probably won't close it till October. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. There'll be a few more warmer days, but yeah. All we'll right. See. So I'll start with the history of Bowling Green, Kentucky. The population is 70,000, so this is one of the bigger towns we've done. Mm-hmm. We've done Detroit, uh, Rome, New York was pretty big, and then this is probably the next one. Okay. I guess maybe uh, maybe Hilton Head was that big, but I, I don't think it's that, 
that big. Maybe maybe there's that many tourists comes through in a month or something. But anyway. Okay. All right. But yeah, seventy thousand. That's a pretty good sized town. All right. It's in Warren County, Warren County, Kentucky, and it's named after Doctor Joseph Warren. Have you ever heard of him? Okay, that does sound familiar. Uh, I'm sure I heard about it as a kid in the uh, Battle of Bunker Hill and the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more recently, there's a song by the band, well, they're called the Watch House now. Uh, they're formerly called Mandolin Orange. And if you want to look this song up, it's a pretty cool song and pretty powerful song, actually, uh, by Mandolin Orange, who is now Watch House. They just changed their name like during COVID because they're growing and whatever. I don't know. But the song's called Wildfire. And in that song, it talks about Joseph Warren. Uh, so I, I heard this song and I was like, that, what is this song saying? Like, what's up? So I looked him up. He was, uh, and I'm just going to tell you who he is briefly because it's a cool story. And there's Warren County. There's Warren, Michigan. There's like 14 Warren counties across the country. There's Warren, Michigan. Uh, so, who is Joseph Warren? He was commissioned as a major general in the militia, and he's the guy that enlisted Paul Revere to go on his ride and, like, head out of Boston and, like, tell everybody the British are coming and, like, hey, we need to get together and fight and all that stuff. So, during the Battle of Bunker Hill, this is where his, his fame uh, kind of gained traction. Uh, he asked where the fiercest fighting would be, and they told him well, it's going to be over on Breed's Hill. He volunteered to fight as a private instead of staying safe and commanding from the rear. So he he's like, I, I, I'm not going to be a commander. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be a major general. I'll just go fight. You all go tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I'm not going to lead. So he stayed to fight even after the ammo was gone, and he let the rest of the militia escape on the third British attack. He was killed, and his body was desecrated by the British and thrown in a mass grave. Uh, he became a hero for his fight, and his body was later exhumed by his brothers and Paul Revere and buried at Forest Hill Cemetery in Boston. So it's a really cool story. There's a cool. lot more about him, but he's like one of the first American heroes. It's a cool story. And uh, go check out that song. I think you have to look it up in Under Mandolin Orange. Uh, it's called Wildfire. All right, so getting back to Bowling Green. The first explorers were called long hunters, and they were the first ones in the area, the first European settlers in the area. They were from Virginia, North Carolina, and Tennessee, and the long hunters was a name given to a group of explorers and hunters that uh, gathered info into Tennessee and Kentucky uh, in the Cherokee Territory. So they were hunters, and they would go off and like explore the land, map it, find out where rivers were, uh, map the rivers, and they were, they were just kind of... They were hunters, they were explorers, they were just kind of trying to find out what was out there. And uh, they carved their names on a beech tree on the bank of uh, the Barren River in 1775. So the Barren River uh, runs right right by Bowling Green, uh, pretty close there. Uh, settlers uh, came in in 1778, and uh, they helped set up McFadden Station on the north side of the river. Uh, then Robert Moore came along with his brother George and General Elijah Covington in 1794, and they set up a homestead, which is now Bowling Green. All right, so that's the first people kind of living there was in 1794. 1792, the Kentucky Territory had become the 15th state. Land grants were soon offered to Virginia's Revolutionary War veterans. In December of 1796, the General Assembly established Warren County effective 
March 1797. So Robert and George Moore, they donated two acres uh, for the county courthouse and jail. Now it's Fountain Square Park, and you can see that on Google Earth. It's one of the things I do. I always go to the town <laughs> and like look around. So I found Fountain Square Park there uh, in, in Bowling Green. In 1798, the Moors gave 30 more acres for town. So I have been on the Moors' land. Didn't know it then, but who gave it? But now I know. If I ever go back to Bowling Green, you will know. I will know. Oh. Right, the same year, it was decided uh, to name the town Bowling Green. And that was B-O-W-L-I-N. And I don't know if that's just uh, the southern pronunciation of Bowling Green uh, back then, but it was named after Bowling with a G at the end. Bowling Green Square in New York City, where a statue of King George III was pulled down uh, to make bullets out of the lead. So Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I was wondering. That's one of the things we asked last week. Like, Or I asked myself. I can't. I believe I said it on the, the episode, but. Like know, where? Where did okay. that name come from? Bowling Green. Was that a, in that park? They might have had a Bowling Green on that park, uh, on that square in New York City. But anyway, it was named after that, that square. So that was interesting. I had no idea. That's cool. Um, it became the official town seat in 1809 and was incorporated in 1812. There's a house that was built there. The first significantly large brick house uh, was the Mariah Moore house. I guess it was uh, somebody in the Moore family, um, Robert Moore's uh, child or somebody in that family, I'm sure. I built a house in 1818, and it's still there. I looked it up. Uh, it's on State Street, and I've driven across State Street. Like I looked at some of the places I went, and I was like, I've been close by, but <laughs> I wish I'd have known. I, Ever go back, I'll be sure to check these places out. But it's on State Street, and it looks like some modern buildings have been attached to it. It's like a two-story colonial brick house uh, that you've seen, that you know if you think about Boston, colonial period, uh, big brick house, two-story. Really nice, but it looks like there's some, like, modern buildings next to it, like restaurant space. Uh, But it's the oldest building that's still standing in in Bowling Green. All right, soon after this... uh, this is 1818. Soon after that, uh, bank branches, uh, you know, some uh, big banks uh, opened branches up in Bowling Green. Stagecoach lines came in. Flatboats uh, started going up and down the river there and opened up Bowling Green to the rest of the, to the state and the rest of the country. Flatboats would even carry goods to New Orleans. Uh, the Barren River there uh, it attaches to another river and ends up in the Ohio River, which in, ends up in the Mississippi River. So mm-hmm. they could... Uh, get all the way down to the coast uh, from boats in, in Bowling Green. In 1830, they started clearing out snags in the Barren River to make it easier to navigate. They also started building dams and locks on the river, and that also made it easier. Steamboats and paddle wheels started traveling up and down the river in the 1840s. The first drugstore opened, which means you're civilized now. It's just not some... I mean, really, if you've got yeah. a drugstore, you've got mm-hmm. doctors, you got... You're you're up and coming. You're mm-hmm. not you're not a backwoods town anymore. That's that's hard to get to because mm-hmm. you can get things there Everything all the time. You need. Yeah, um, and that drugstore that opened in 1840, it was in the same place until there was you know not the same people obviously, but it was you know different owners. It was, stayed open in the same place until the 80s. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, so over you know 140 years. Uh, so uh, they also got a jewelry store around this time. So that means you know there's there's people that are Town's growing, people are becoming wealthy. 
tobacco, hay, and livestock were the were the big uh, the big money makers there. People started traveling to Mammoth Cave, which is a little ways away. Uh, it's actually on the the river that the Barren River uh, goes into. Uh, it, it takes a little while to get there, but they had enough money and enough time that they would they would do it. In the 1850s, factories started to open up, iron mills, woolen mills, candle, candle factories, flour mills uh, started, started popping up. Uh, now we're moving in 1906. This is when Western Kentucky State Normal School opened, and it formed from several other schools that had moved, uh, moved in, into Bowling Green. That's now Western Kentucky University. That's one of the biggest universities in Kentucky now, mm-hmm. top three for sure. Uh, the city was growing fast. In 1940, Union Underwear Factory opened. That's now Fruit of the Loom. Yeah, mm-hmm. heard of them? Yep. Yeah. It's now Fruit of the Loom World Headquarters. So if you're wearing Fruit of the Loom whitey tighties, <laughs> uh, they were probably made in, uh, made in Bowling Green. I didn't know that. That is cool. Yeah. I also learned that the the pictures, like on the 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 logo for Fruit of the Loom, was the dude that started the company. His daughter used to draw and make these little paintings, and that was one of her little paintings. Oh, that's cute. So he put that, yeah, that, those little. She liked to do fruit, so <laughs> <laughs> that fruit on your on your underwear tag came from a, a little a girl, girl painting. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some useless knowledge <laughs> that you now have stuck in your brain. Uh, 1981, yeah, we're skipping ahead. We got through, we got here quick. Uh, 1981, Chevy moved its Corvette assembly plant there from uh, St. Louis. In 1994, they built the National Corvette Museum. Uh, so I've, I've been here. I went to the Corvette Museum when I was there. I was like, that's what I knew about Bowling Green was the Corvette Museum. So I'm like, I'm going to go. I have some time. Mm-hmm. Um, it only took a couple hours to go through. I probably could have spent a lot more time there, actually. Uh, Cause I'm a, I'm a Chevy, Chevy guy and I like Corvettes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I like, I like Corvettes. So I went and, um, on February 12th of 2014, a sinkhole opened up under the Sky Dome area. Do you remember that story? I feel like I do. Yeah, I, I mean, remember it went long that. ago. Mm-hmm. It was on the news. I yeah. mean, it was, it mm-hmm. was major news and quick. I remember that. So I was like, I gotta go check this out. Right. Cause that, that's kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was a little w- weird mm-hmm. i'm like this the ground opened up and swallowed up cars that is weird it can open up and swallow me up <laughs> or am i sure that they've rebuilt this great because they thought it was built fine before you know somebody walked over that the day before but it happened in the morning and nobody was there yet but the thank goodness on, you can get online and actually watch video f- footage of the sinkhole happening? collapsing yeah oh my gosh and they're probably like hundreds of thousands of dollars is now yeah, millions because can you get that What's that? I mean, the the cars and stuff. Like, how deep is that? It was pretty deep, but there was let's see, there was there's I thought I guess there was like twenty eight cars in that area, and eight of them, um, eight rare and one of a kind vets that you know was well over a million dollars worth of cars fell into the sinkhole. There's twenty that were in that area that survived, and they were removed immediately. Right. But there was eight that were down in this hole. And um, all eight have been recovered now, and two of them were restored by GM. They weren't that bad. Uh, the factory's just right across the street, so it didn't take long to get them over there. But the other six were so badly damaged, they just kind of pulled them up, and now they're displayed just like they were, just destroyed. So I've got some personal pictures that I took of those, and I'll, I'll try to put those up on Facebook. Oh, no, uh-huh. not well. They'll get up on Facebook, too, but on Instagram. 
So, uh, interesting. Yeah. So I'll show you some of my firsthand pictures that I took from there and you can like look down. There's, there's a door in the floor, a window, whatever, uh, where I guess they go and like seismologists have placed some, I might be making that up, but there's some like that you can, there's a ladder that goes down in the oh, sinkhole okay. from this area. And you can look down through, there's a window on the door. So they haven't fixed it? They fixed it. Yeah. They like, they, they put pilings and like did all this stuff, but there's still a way to get down there in the cave now. Oh. And I don't, I, I think they're, they're like, I said seismologist. I don't know if seismologist or not, but it's like you could get down there and study it or whatever. Hmm. I don't know why you don't want to go back down there and they, they didn't just fill it in or what but maybe they want to see over time yeah there's a what it would do there's a reason and i might have missed that but you know it was you could get get down in there and you can see i'll post a no, picture of that too i would not yeah, get down in there yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah that's pretty that's that's pretty cool um yeah if you're from bowling green i've i've been there i spent spent a little time like i said um i ate at a restaurant called roosters i don't know if you've heard of if y'all from there and you've heard of that, I've I've been there. <laughs> I think it was pretty good. I think I ate a lot of fried food that night. That's what I remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's always good. That's always good. Yeah, good for my stomach, but not good for my <laughs> anything else. Yeah, I ate at another restaurant downtown. I, I didn't go downtown much because I was in the training all day. But I, one day, I, it must have been the last day after we got done. I was like, I'm going to go downtown and, and have a nice meal. So I went to the bistro downtown and it was really good it was really 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 nice and i ate lunch there uh it was a very very cool lunch very, oh, what very expensive was it? lunch i can't remember what i had but it was really good <laughs> and pretty fancy so had a fancy lunch that sounds good yeah, i've been talking about wastewater all week so <laughs> it's time to have a fancy lunch all right so uh some notable people from the area. Ooh, I bet there are some good ones. Yeah, there are. There's some uh, musicians, you know, I'm going to call those out. Well, I'll start with Ben Bailey um, from Cash Cab. You, have you ever watched that show? Yes. Yeah. I would love for that to happen to me. Yeah. I would be really bad at it. I feel like <laughs> you would be really good at it. I don't know. I've got, I don't know if I could pull it out of my head that quick, though. But um, maybe. I don't know. I think you could. I do like, I like trivia, but I'm not, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, Ben, ba- ben Bailey, the comedian and host of that game. Uh, game show is uh, from from there. Sam Bush is a musician who's really good. Mm-hmm. You need to check him out. He's good. And then Cage the Elephant. And I knew that. I didn't think about it till I saw their name here. But I, I they're up on they're on my uh, they're recorded on my TV right now. Austin City Limits episode. I've still got them up there because I like the music and they're the uh, yeah is is the the lead singers wild. And it's a wild show, but uh, I'll probably see them live at, at some point. Uh, let's see. Chris Carmichael. Uh, John Carpenter is from there, who's a film director. And he's done all kinds of stuff. Uh, the Halloween mu- movies, The Fog, Escape from New York, uh, Starman. Just you know who John Carpenter is. You've seen his movies, I guarantee it. Uh, so, uh, So, yeah, he's from there. And uh, let's see, Rex Chapman, who's uh used to play uh, basketball, and now uh now he's vice vice president of uh player personnel with the Denver Nuggets. Is that still? Does he still do that? You know? No, no idea. We're gonna say yes. He's a social he media influencer too. That's how I knew his name. Um, who's not? Yeah, I know. 
uh, we're not. All right, <laughs> well, so we anyway, are. Rex Chapman. <laughs> I don't know why. I just know I like. I'll see his name pop up on on Twitter or something, and I don't know why. I don't know why what I'm seeing or if I even look at it, but it's there. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Corey Hart. I know a Corey Hart. Yeah, uh, but this guy played for the Milwaukee Brewers. He was a 2008-2010 MLB All Star. Uh, Duncan Hines. Yeah, I didn't want to miss this guy. Duncan Hines is a real per- person. Okay. You've heard of Duncan Hines, right? Yeah. On mm-hmm. the, the food and all that. And mm-hmm. the, but he's a real person. He's from Bowling Green, and you can actually go uh, see some of his historic places. Uh, I don't know if it's his home. Hillbilly Jim. Have you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hillbilly Jim. James Morris. He was a professional wrestler. Back in the day, uh, when I was a kid, he was uh, he was big hillbilly Jim. <laughs> uh, I remember him. Uh, Rand Paul is uh, from there. Oh yeah, the uh, platinum album selling rap group. That's what it says. Nappy Roots. Remember oh, them? Nappy Roots. Oh no, remember that song? <laughs> yes. Now, like they they were around. This was when I was in college when they were blowing up and uh, somebody close to me had their album, watermelon, chicken and grits. Somebody had it. Cause that was, it was around. I know those songs. I listened to them <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know these guys. I remember them. So that was a nostalgic blast from the past. So uh, sleeper agents, a rock band. I don't know them, but I'll have to look them up. Uh, there's also a fo- foxhole instrumental post-rock group, uh, George Fant, uh, professional football player. For the Seahawks, uh, he he played uh, for the Western Kentucky. He played uh, football. No, he played basketball at Western Kentucky before he started playing football, oh. and now he plays for the Seahawks. That's really cool. Yeah, talented. Yeah, he's an athlete for sure. All right, so there's other people too. If you want to look them up, that's on. Uh, that's just going through Wikipedia. So, uh, really cool town. I enjoyed my stay there, and I'll talk about some places to see. Uh, when at the end of the episode so all right Shannon what you got for us okay the case that I found um that I just had to do because it was so big there has been dubbed the murder mansion Ooh, the murder mansion sounds like a H.H. Holmes (laughs) episode but he was in Chicago so (laughs) not him okay so 73 years ago in Bowling Green sat a beautiful brick mansion so I mean this I looked it up and it is really really pretty I mean gorgeous owned by Charles B. Martin and his wife Martha the couple bought the home in 1918 where they resided for the next 30 years Charles was a well sought after physician around the area in Warren County. Him and his wife raised their son, Stonewall Martin, in this mansion located on Fairview Avenue. Are you looking it up, the house? Okay, you should. It's pretty. Charles and Martha were known to throw lavish parties at their home where they would try to fix their son up with several suitors. Stonewall stayed a bachelor until he turned 52 years old, though. So he stayed with them, (laughs) with his mom and dad. Mm. Enter in another man named Harry Edward Kilgore. Harry was born February of 1923, and he lived in Glasgow, Kentucky, which is about 45 miles from Bowling Green, so fairly close. He and the Martins had a very similar reputation in their cities. Harry's grandfather owned the local newspaper there, and growing up, Harry lived a very normal childhood where he developed an interest in music and went on to further his education at 
Western Kentucky University, where he met the love of his life, Ruth McKinney, who was also a student at Western Kentucky at the time. The two began dating and made friends with a man named George Daggett. So there's a lot of like people going on here who was a music professor and head of the piano department at Western Kentucky at the time. George claimed he only hung out with the two because of the similar taste in music between him and Harry. And this will make sense more as we go on with the story. Ruth had encountered Stonewall Martin at a social party where the two hit it off instantly. The couple wed very soon after meeting on June 23, 1948. But as I said earlier, Ruth was dating Harry. She was the love of his life. So she was talking to him and still had met Stonewall Martin and they just hit it off. So she just kind of left that guy off to the side. If, if you're following me, I think so. Okay. <laughs> so the couple wed very soon after meeting on June 23rd, 1948. And on June 29th, five days after getting married, Stonewall and his new wife left in the night for their honeymoon. Harry was stricken with jealousy and envy. I feel like this is an ongoing problem with yeah. these couples who cannot let it go. But Harry was stricken with jealousy and envy that Stonewall had taken the love, his love, away from him. And in revenge, Harry drove his car that night from Glasgow to Bowling Green to the brick mansion located on Fairview Avenue with his gun in hand. Harry parked at the Fairview Cemetery, which was in within walking distance to the Martins Mansion. He entered the front door from where he saw Stonewall's father in the hallway. He then shot him several times, hitting him in the head. The doctor tried to get into the bedroom, but given his elderly age, he was 80 about the time, he couldn't fight off Harry and get away quick enough. Harry shot him several more times before shooting at the doctor's wife, Martha, as she was trying to run away. Mm. So he thought he was going to get Stonewall the son, but he got the parents instead. Authorities said that Harry had stayed inside the mansion for a prolonged time after the murder, using a flashlight to abuse the dead couple's corpse and shooting them many more times after they had already passed. So this guy had some legit anger going on. Harry also left with items of the Martins and told authorities that he threw the gun into the Barren River as he was leaving for Glasgow. In the early morning hours, the Martins' bodies were found by two workers that were there to do stuff to the house. After a tip, authorities found Harry at his mother's house, where they looked in his vehicle and saw items that were stolen from the Martins' property and had asked Harry to return to Bowling Green with them, which he did not refuse. And in the original confession, Harry told police that he committed the murders solo and he did it out of anger that Stonewall had married his love, Ruth. So you would think, okay, that's it. Like he did it. He confessed. It's over. Well, when this was going to trial, Harry's sanity was in question, which obviously I feel like anybody's sanity would be in question if you murder people. As he changed his statement of the case several times. He told police that him and his friend that I mentioned earlier, George, came up with a plan for him and Ruth. So him, George, and Ruth, Ruth is now with Stonewall, to lure him and use him to steal his family's money because they were loaded. Yeah, I'll sell the house now. Yeah, they are loaded. If Ruth married Stonewall and George 
and George and Harry killed his parents, Stonewall and Ruth would be the overseer of the estate then. They would then kill off Stonewall, and Ruth and the pair would share the money. That was their big plan. Yeah. So that's what he said. That's what he said. Did Ruth know about that <clears throat> plan? Well, um, we'll see. So they would then kill off Stonewall and Ruth, and the pair would share the money. Sharing this information, whether it was true or not, caused George problems. George denied any part of the act, but said that Harry came to his apartment very distraught, and they walked around campus at Western Kentucky, but Harry left later that night. George testified about Harry's mental instability from his time at Western Kentucky, including his threats to kill his own family members. According to friends, George and Harry spent a lot of time together leading up to the murders. George said that his gun went missing six months prior to the murders, but he didn't think, he just thought it, he lost it or something. He didn't think that Harry actually right. stole it, yeah. which he did, and it was the gun used in the murder. George was ultimately convicted by a jury and sentenced to 11 years in prison for accessory to murder. His conviction would later be thrown out due to lack of evidence, and then it was just dismissed. So he got out. Harry just kind of went crazy. He didn't shave. He didn't cut his hair. I looked at pictures because several articles talked about how he just really, either he was playing it up, the sanity mm. part or what, but he did. Right. He looked weird. He looked like, who's Charles Manson? That's who he kind of resembled. So he didn't shave or cut his hair from the time he was arrested and when he went to the trial. The judge ultimately said Harry was okay enough to go to trial. And Harry pled guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to two life sentences for the violent acts. But how our court system does, 16 years after serving his sentence, he was up for parole. So 16 years after killing two people. I just do not understand the way that our court system works. But a judge ruled that Harry earned early release from prison. So because he did some good things in prison, he was able to get out 16 years later. Although Ruth was never investigated for the murders, that, that didn't stop the rumor mill from flying around in Bowling Green. Stonewall died nine years after the murder of his parents, and Ruth did become the sole owner of the Martin estate and fortune. It was said that she was in a big hurry to collect the money, of course, visiting the bank daily about getting her husband's family money. After Harry's exit from prison, Ruth was left waiting on him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and the two left Bowling Green and moved to Fort Pierce, Florida, where they lived together until Harry died in 1981 when he was hit with a vehicle riding his bike. <laughs> so what a like plot twist like she was waiting on like i That's i was reading movie. this and i was oh like what goodness. well it is a book there is a book someone um okay i'm not gonna say this correctly i'm gonna let jason mispronounce it wes swatex i don't know okay s-w-i-e-t-e-x t-e-k t-e-k sorry Swatex. yes so this guy wrote a book called The Cemetery Road Murders because it's on the Cemetery Road. 
and it's all about the details. It's a true story. It looks really interesting, and I've already ordered it on Amazon. Because <laughs> just the twist at the yeah. end, I was like, what? My mouth, like, my jaw dropped for here? real. I was what? like, okay, this is like yeah. kind of the same story that we've been hearing. And then she was actually waiting on him. So that yeah. whole thing could have been true. George got off, he got right. off, and Ruth definitely got off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy. <laughs> then, he got, then he got hit. And then he got hit by a car. By a car. Riding a bike. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, that was a. That was wild. <sighs> yeah. Every town has a story for sure. And this one, this one did not disappoint. Yeah. We got Bowling Green, awesome history. And wow. Just a, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, twist. I kind of <laughs> thought about it, but then I was like. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> there's all these people involved and like, nah, you know. That's a that's a long game right there too. That is to run to marry some yeah to marry somebody and then wow to think you know it that is so creepy yeah so now I'm like I can't wait to read this book I really want to know if she if if she married Stonewall for money and they already had this plan since she was dating Harry Harry to begin with yeah like, like they hatched so the plan weird. before yeah. Because she married him so quick, and she was young. She was 18, and he, he was, was 52. 52. Oh. Yeah. So, gold sticker. Well, that's a little that's wild. All right, so things to do in Bully Green. You can go eat at Roosters. You can go eat at, uh, it was pretty good. And you can go eat at the Bistro, which was really good. Uh, totally different kinds of dining experiences. Uh, you can go to the Lost River Cove. I went to this area. I was I was trying to I was on Google Google Maps and kind of looking around to where I was, where I was taking my classes, and I was trying to remember how I got there and where I was and all that kind of thing. I pulled in this this parking lot to the Lost River Cave, and I, and I don't know why I didn't explore this area more. I pulled in and I didn't stay. I don't know if it's closed or what, but something some reason I didn't I didn't get out of the parking lot. So I don't know. It must have been closed. Had to have been. <laughs> but I, I, it's a, uh, it's a cave that you can go into. It's kind of like the Lost Sea. It's close to us. Uh, you can go in there and, and actually get on a boat inside and inside the river. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, the Lost Sea is close to us. This is the Lost River, uh, the Lost River Cave. So that's definitely need to check that out. Uh, the National Corvette Museum is a must see. Uh, if you want to order. If you want a Corvette and you order one, you can have it <laughs> delivered to the Corvette Museum and pick the, pick it up there. Mm. And like there's a special rollout and everything. They bring it across from the factory across the street. Interesting. So you can actually have your your new Corvette delivered there. Uh, and the Corvettes are looking crazy now. Have you, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Like crazy good or crazy yeah, just different? It's crazy different. They look a lot like Ferraris now. They've got, they're a, they got a mid-engine, rear-engine. Uh, hmm. car uh, so they changed it up it looks a lot different now changed dairy barn I'm just going off TripAdvisor uh, things to look at uh, the historic rail park and train museum uh, the train train came into Bowling Green and really really changed some things there uh, they actually started uh, they had a portage rail railway that went from the river into town really early uh, in, in the history uh, I skipped over that uh, the Aviation Heritage Park, uh, Fountain Square Park, which we talked about. If you like to race Corvette, you can actually go do that at the NCM Motorsports Park. You can watch baseball while you're there. 
There's all kinds of museums. Um, if, you're, if you're from Kentucky and want to learn more about Kentucky, the Kentucky Museum's there. Uh, just all kinds of things to do. You can take your family there and spend spend a few days for sure. And if you're a Corvette man that's the or a lady, that's the place to go. Yes. And uh, you don't have to be over 60 wearing white socks and <laughs> white pulled, shoes, up. pulled up in white shoes uh, to go. You can be in your 30s and 40s too, <laughs> or younger. Fun for all ages. All right. Shannon, I guess it's time to throw the dart. It's time. Is it your turn or my turn? Not yours. I hit Bowling okay. Green because I was going in the southeast and I, ooh, that was a dangerous way to hand the dart. <laughs> okay, we're back. To Utah. <laughs> Sorry, that was like six times that I had to throw that. Yeah. She hit the Atlantic Ocean a couple times. She hit Canada. <laughs> All right, so we're in Utah again. We're at West Valley. Oh, whoops. <laughs> city. West Valley City. It's right outside of Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, has to be a sister city. I've never heard of it uh, because Salt Lake City is right there next to it. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to have a lot of things. It's right there next to Right next to Salt Lake. Uh, if you haven't seen our, our last episode in Utah, it was Escalante. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a pretty pretty cool story there. And uh, so we hope you enjoy this one. West Valley. West Valley. We'll be back next week with that one. We appreciate you guys listening. We've got new listeners. Thank you all for making it through to the end. We really do appreciate that. Please go uh, check us out on all of our social media accounts. Uh, you can find those at yourtowncrimepodcast.com or you can go straight to them on Instagram at yourtowncrimepod on Twitter at crime underscore town on Facebook at yourtowncrimepodcast you can also email us you can link to that through our website as I said earlier or you can go right to yourtowncrimepod at gmail.com let us know if if you're from Bowling Green and we missed something Uh, if you'd like to add something uh, we'll be happy to hear it uh, we're not from Bowling Green, Kentucky, so we don't know as much as you uh, if you're from there. Uh, so we'd, we'd love to hear some more if you've got it, and we'll, we might include it on the next episode. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for listening to us again. Shannon, you got anything else? I don't. I'm ready to go to Utah, like for real, for real. Yes, Utah <laughs> is beautiful. I've been, I've been in the state, like barely, uh, not enough to count it really, but uh, I mean maybe just enough to count it. Uh, but I definitely want to go explore Utah for French real. trip. There we go. <laughs> we go up to Utah too. Or I, we're in Utah. We need to go up to Idaho, <laughs> Wyoming. That's all beautiful country. Every bit of it. So, all right. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>